You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. What you said about veiled anger, like I will often use irritation. The word like, I'm just irritated. Eric will be like, no, you're angry. So let's just talk yeah. about what you're angry about. And I'm like, well, I'm not angry, just irritated. He's yeah. Like, no, something's there. And they go, you know what? The world doesn't crumble if you're five minutes late for school. And I just want to help my kids like walk in that peace. There's just some freedom there to go. We don't, we don't have to be irritated about. There's just a lot of things that don't matter. I can make plans. I can be punctual. I'm not saying like punctuality is evil, but the kind of hurried life is not one that we saw in Jesus. Mm-mm. We don't see a hurried, irritated man. Right. And thank God we don't see an irritated father, an irritated son, an Praise irritated Holy Spirit. Welcome to another episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here as usual with my two incredibly gifted, talented, wonderful, and lovely co-hosts. First of all, Mrs. Cassie Bryan is here. How are you doing today, Cassie? Hello. I'm good. I was just thinking maybe sometime we could alternate like the voice memo, like, hi, you're listening to the, the family. family discipleship. Yeah, we could yeah. do that. We could like... We could do that. But that would be a bad idea. <laughs> no. what I, I like your ideas. I was just distracted. Was She's just an thinking. idea girl. <laughs> uh, of course, the other voice you're hearing is my wife, Chelsea Griffin. How are you doing today, Chelsea? Good. Happy to be here. Good. Thriving. You are thriving. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is <laughs> you're make- awake. <laughs> yeah. What's making you thrive right now other than being alert? Yeah. Just being with you guys. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. That's fun. Caffeine. Yeah. I had that. Good. <laughs> my, dr- my drug of choice. Hey, the sun is up. I do love that. You know, I love that. I know. You love that sunshine. Aren't you, are you a little sick of the sunshine after the summer? <laughs> are you like, like just a little bit ready for some clouds and for some cool weather? I thought I was. And then when we went to Indianapolis for the Gospel Coalition Conference, <laughs> and yeah. it, I felt like a you know tiny chill in the air. What? And I was like, oh, no, I want and 100 I lo- degrees. <laughs> Give it I back. I loved it. I was like, oh, a breeze. Oh, 60, yes. 60 something. You no, know, it made me feel sad inside. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, that makes me sad inside that that makes you sad. We're, Chelsea and I are like opposites temperature wise. Like if you ever see, we have a car now that has those, what do they call them? Like dual temperature controls. Yeah. Hers is regularly set on high and mine is on low. And it's like as high as it can go for her, as low as it can go for me. And which in the middle like, of the car is this weird mix of air. Which like the lowest is 58 degrees and the highest is like 88. And that's what we have it on. And we would each go, I would go lower and you would go higher. How if does you the weight, does half your car actually stay cooler and the other half warmer? It's just what's blowing it's what's, on you. Yeah, it's what you feel hitting you, but some, sometimes I've had it like that, but for some reason kind of aimed it at him without thinking about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and he's like, why am I, why do I oh, feel sick? <laughs> why am I sweating? Yeah. Why is there a fever on the right side of my face? <laughs> Maybe the other day without me knowing, turned on the seat warmer. Oh. That'll make you feel like when, you wet your pants. <laughs> I was like, why is my bottom on fire? <laughs> it was so hot. And she started snickering. Were you on WebMD on your phone? Just like, what is, what? this is a strange <laughs> symptom. Hey, segue. Speaking, speaking of, of irritation. irritation. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. We did it. That was awesome. All right. Today's episode, we're going to talk about 
irritation, something that none of us at this table struggle with, but I bet you guys out there in podcast land, it's probably hard for you, but for us super parents, super Christians, we're never irritated, right? No. Oh. I stay irritated. Stay yeah. irritated. I live Chelsea's in a like constant a, state of irritation. Um, of irritation. <laughs> <Just> steady hum. <laughs> Chelsea, what, when, you, when you say irritation, what comes to mind for you? What, are, what kind of definitions, word association, what comes to mind? If I'm honest, I think uh, being irritated is like anger that results from, from entitlement. Ooh, that's good. Like Anger if I, that if, results from entitlement. Yeah, when we feel frustrated, the way that our either our expectations aren't met, but we're irritated. Like when we feel like we should have had something, we deserve something. It feels like inconsequential, right? We're irritated by like people who don't move quickly when the light turns green. It's like things that seem like they don't matter yet somehow they matter enough to have angered me. Yeah, you know. But it, it's low key. It's like uh, veiled in some way. Yeah, mm. we're not talking about like injustice. Typically yeah. with irritation, no. you're not right. saying like somebody stole something from you and you're like, well, that really irritates right. me. Right, right. It's rooted in probably something sinfully yeah. entitled to. Yeah. And, and that the response isn't usually an outburst of rage. It, it's low key. It's veiled anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like a passive aggressive response might come out as opposed to an aggressive one. Sure. Right. Mm. Yeah. What comes to mind for you, Cassie? Think about irritation. Well, I was thinking of like, when I think about irritation, I think of like a blister or something like a rash, something that would be a warning sign that yeah. something's about to go terribly wrong for my mm. body. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking about how irritation could be a warning sign, like a yellow flag of like, hey, there's something under that mm. that maybe needs tending to. Mm. And so if I'm getting consistently irritated at a red light that's turning green, then it's like, I mean, even kind of what you're saying, it's it's the result of either miscommunication, unmet expectations, like all of yeah. that. But under it is going to be probably, there's probably an issue underneath my irritation. Yeah. Sure. That, uh, irritations maybe sometimes kind of like a straw that breaks the camel's back where it's like not even necessarily what is happening right now that annoys me, but it's because I'm in a constant state. Of, like there's a lot on me. Right. I'm thinking about a lot of other things. And so I am in this state of irritation. So I might lash out at something that doesn't entirely deserve it. Or in our homes, it might look like, you know, I had a hard day at work or I'm stressed about something at work and therefore my kid can do something very small that normally I'd be able to have patience for, but I lash out because it's a safe place. I'm in authority. I will now be upset. And so what I do with that irritation or where it comes from also needs to be addressed. And it's not always just the incident Mm. that's right in front of you, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about it as a, uh, our struggle. That's a, kind of our formula this season. What is What does irritation look like for you? Maybe some concrete examples for you as a parent. Where do you feel irritated or where do you see irritation mm. kind of rear its ugly head? I get irritated when I'm being asked too many questions. Mm. And uh, Why is that? I, well, when I try to think about no, it. No, but what do you think about when that happens? <laughs> oh, I get it. Do another, do another one. Oh, thanks. I'm trying to be really funny and irritating. Um, Adam's super funny. I'm not. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that it bothers me because I wanted to think my own thoughts. And when a lot of children are talking to me, and especially if they're asking questions, because then it means you have to listen to the question. You know, sometimes, uh, I hope I'm not the only parent who's done this, but <laughs> if a kid shares a lot about something, like like Star Wars or something like that, where it's like, oh, I zoned out and I don't know all the details of what was just shared. But if they're asking questions, you really have to listen and then you have to formulate an answer. And um, if you had something else that you were thinking through, you you can't, I always say, like if when you're around small children a lot for a lot of hours, um, <laughs> you can't think your own thoughts. And that's something that like as adults we feel entitled to is to just like think 
and do, like, you know, do what I want. But yeah, so I get irritated sometimes when I'm getting a lot of questions at yeah. the same time. In a previous episode this season, you said, you know, if you have a kid with a high word count. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> high word count. <laughs> yeah, the word the word count is off the chart. And yesterday like you, you during, love it, but during one of our sporting events, said child was just talking her coach, talking yeah. her coach's ear off. And I just wanted to look across, I was looking across like, just like, stop talking. <laughs> just cut it off. <laughs> Your coach is trying to pay attention to the game. It's fine. What about for you, Cassie? What comes to um, mind? I think that something that my husband will say is, let's be the grown up in the room. Yeah, you said that. I and that. they are kids, when they get irritated with each other, my response is irritation. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, I can rise above this. I'm an adult. I'm, you know, more mature than they are, hopefully. Uh, but instead, I just do the same thing they're doing with each other. And it's, I'm just now like them. I'm just being another kid in the room. I'm adding to the problems rather than actually shepherding them through it. Yeah. To try and help them. So I have I have some area I could grow. I also, what you said about veiled anger, like I will often use irritation. The word like, I'm just irritated. And Eric will be like, no, you're angry. So let's just talk yeah. about what you're angry about. And I'm like, well, I'm not angry. I'm just irritated. He's yeah. Like, no, something's there. No one likes to be told that they're angry right. for some yeah. reason. Frustrated, that disappointed. Frustrated, disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've got a lot of words, softer words. <laughs> the truth is I, I was angry. I have been Struggled yeah. with anger in the past a lot. So yeah, and irritation and anger are kind of inseparable. Yeah. Reminds me of that book. We can talk about the book later, but Chelsea, what's a book you love? I'll let you talk about it. The oh, unoffendable. Yeah, yeah, I do like that book a lot. Yeah, it showed me that like I, yeah, I think more like angry thoughts than I realized, you know, and just yeah. needed to. I really felt like it just freed me up a lot to just be like, oh, well, that is not necessary and not helping, you know, yeah. like just to like I need to be, yeah, unoffendable. I need to be ready and able. Yeah. To let a lot of things go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it helped me a lot. I think irritation is often tied to pet peeves. We would call them maybe like things that you feel like bother you that don't bother everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you feel excused in them. But things that irritate me lately, and there's probably a long list of these, but I've recently went to an audiologist to help me see that I have some hearing loss. And which was helpful because, you know, Chelsea was telling me that the kids, well, I don't really love concerts, but uh, maybe when I was a kid or something, but I just, I'm suffering some hearing loss. And so I don't hear everything as well as I used to. And I don't hear well. And my audiologist told me that, you know, especially higher pitched voices like women and children would be difficult for me to hear. Cool, 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 cool. Which is an unfortunate diagnosis. It is. But here's what irritates me about it. It doesn't irritate me having that, although it does kind of scare me and I I want things to, you know, be better. But sometimes if, if one of my kids says something and I don't hear them and I ask them to repeat it, or same thing will happen with Chelsea or with anybody else. And if somebody repeats it a second time and I still don't hear it, and so I asked them a third time, like, hey, could you, just, could you look at me and, and say it? And when they give up, like it happens with my children, they're just like, oh, never mind. Oh, I get so irritated by that. Yeah. And I feel like I feel wronged and I feel sad. And I feel like, what if this is my life? Mm. And what if it gets worse? And it feels unfair. And I feel like I don't want to struggle with this. And then I start to have those hypothetical like futures where like, what if, what if I'm out on family conversation? Everybody around me is talking and I don't know what's happening. And while I don't, I'm not like a candidate for hearing aids yet or anything like that. I don't have a, like a, I wouldn't call it a disability, but I do have some minor hearing loss. I do get fear mm. around that. And I certainly get irritated when somebody doesn't accommodate me the way I want them to. Yeah. 
anyway, so that's a source of irritation for me. Well, our limits. Anytime we feel limited. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, that's yes, how I get that's mad it. when I'm sick. I don't want to be sick. It's an interruption to my day and my rhythms. Like, that's yep. a, I'm sorry, though. That's a bummer. Yeah, I can remember when we had, when our kids were babies, I would get so irritated by screaming that wouldn't stop. Mm. And Chelsea was so helpful in those moments to be like, this is the only way that child has to communicate. Yeah. So they're not, it's not at you. But at the same time, I couldn't help, I felt like I couldn't help it. Yeah. I felt like there was irritation in me that I hadn't felt like since middle school, since fighting other middle school kids. I'm just like, why is this infuriating? Right. Why is this really like striking a nerve with me? And I, I had, I was actually talking with a counselor and he helped me see like the reason those things are irritating is because it's an interruption mm. to the life that I had planned for myself. Yeah. And anything that threatens or takes away the life I'd planned for myself, is it causes irritation. I like the word you used at the beginning, Chelsea. It's, I had an entitlement. Mm-hmm. Entitled to say, if a kid is crying, that I would say like, I'll meet any need you want. And if I meet all your needs and you're still crying, I'm like, this this drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this possible? Seems, you know, it yeah. seems unfair. I deserve peace and quiet. Yeah. Well, let's talk about strengths. Where do you guys feel like you are a little more unoffendable, a little bit more patient, where it's difficult to irritate you or you can put up with a lot? What does that look like for you guys and your family? I actually asked, uh, we have a girl staying with us right now and I asked her, hey, because I was at a loss. I was like, gosh, I only see the negatives here. And, you know, when someone loses you, they see a lot. I mean, they kind of, they're just around for dinners or conversations or even if they're up in their room, they can still hear everything downstairs, whatever. And so she was like, you guys don't, let anything go uncommunicated. Like y'all don't let it fester. Y'all are really good about just talking everything out and giving everything the weight that it's that it's needed. And that was encouraging. That is good. Sometimes you can't see, I feel like you can't see the good thing. You can only see the bad thing. And so it was helpful. It was encouraging to have someone be like, no, y'all are, like yeah. even if you do get irritated, like to see you guys like meet each other in it and talk about it or meet your kids in it and talk about it. And like when I can be the adult in the room, then it's like I can take the time it requires as painstakingly as it can feel um, to be like, hey, what's bothering you? All right, well, does that make you feel this way? And we kind of address it rather than just brush it off. And then it becomes this big issue in the family, depending on what it is, you know? Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you guys have that. I, oh. I, I can see that in your family. Yeah, we tend to over-communicate, which can be irritating. <laughs> <laughs> the word count is going up. The word count is going, yeah. Why are we still talking about this? Because I'm kind of like, we already talked about this. Let's be done. Yeah, let's just carry on. I'm all done. Uh, I think the scriptures and the Holy Spirit has pressed it upon me that, that Jesus is not in a hurry. Yeah. And I've had friends comment when I, when they're with me that, like, I can, do, I can endure a lot of waiting with my children. I don't tell my children, like, hurry up, get in the car, move, we're mm. late. You know, if we're late, we're late. And I, I can watch a child tie their shoes messily, you know, <laughs> and not say, like, give that to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. let, let me here, let me do it. Let me do it. Move mm. or, or whatever. Or this is taking yeah. too long. I really, really want to have the patience with my children that the father has with us. That's yeah. good. I want to be so tender. I don't want to be harsh and I'm grateful for that. Not, not everybody grows up in a house like that. And I just really, really, really want to give that to my children. And I had a friend that I almost had to restrain her when she wanted to like buckle my child for him. And I was like, he can do it. It takes five minutes, but he can do it, you know? And I was like, it's okay. We just, we just chat and he'll tell us when he's done. And the whole family waits for him. It's okay. Like, it's okay for everybody to wait on the youngest buddy with the tiniest hands to do a little five-point buckle restraint, but he can do it. And when he's done, we'll tell him, good job. (laughs) Yeah, You know, and like, 
it, that is a hard thing to cultivate, but when you do yeah. it is, it is freeing and they go, you know what? The world doesn't crumble if you're five minutes late for school. Uh-uh. It just doesn't. And I just want to help my kids like walk in that piece of like, Mm-hmm. there's just some freedom there to go. We don't, we don't have to be irritated about, there's a, just a lot of things that don't matter Yeah, and we don't have to be irritated. So not executed with perfection, but I do, I feel like the Lord's grown me in that. That's good. I, I see that in you and I agree with that. I think what's convicting about that is I think I am the opposite. I act like the world will crumble if we're five minutes <laughs> late, <laughs> you know, that we have to be on time and I want to be early. And if, if we're getting on a flight in a week that we should be headed to the airport today. And like, that's the way my mind works. And I feel anxious if not. Well, our kids are getting a good balance because when you're not here and like, we're all getting ready for church and everything, it's just like, it's fine. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) And, and then when we're going to the airport and you're leading our family, it's like, Hey, we we need to be on time. There's a sense of responsibility. And when you want to be on time to things, I know a big part of you is like, we want to honor people. And I do too. I just am like, but if it's between like yelling at my kids or oh, like, right. you know, making them feel stupid or something like right. that, of just like, this is a huge it's not deal. Worth it. Not worth it. Not yeah. worth it. So in leading my family, I just want to show my kids that like, we're saying that we trust in a sovereign God, which isn't just with like big monumental things like, oh, okay, we can handle that because God's sovereign. He can even, he's even enough for us mm-hmm. in moments where we woke up late. Or we forgot something. Everybody forgets things. Everybody loses things. It's not our kids' fault we're running late. Like we maybe overscheduled ourselves or like, you know, it's like we didn't calculate our time. Like again, I'm the adult and I know how long it takes for us to do Yeah, I don't want to put burdens on them that don't belong on them. Right. And again, I I think we see that confusion in the church and in the scriptures, right? There's like an ongoing battle in the New Testament between Mm -hmm. freedom in the gospel, licentiousness, and legalism of going Mm -hmm. like, how do we take on the burdens, the real burdens? And of course, Jesus says that the burden is easy and his yoke is light. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just trying to model that for our kids of going like, there's actually nothing to be irritated about really. But of course, I know we're, we're still being sanctified. Hey friends, it's March, and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrim's Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. 
readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. I think it's something I would say for myself that I don't think I would describe as a strength, but I do think it's something I'm growing in. Is like there was a long season where as a parent, if our kids were irritated, I would tell them to go away until they had kind of settled their emotions and then come back, which I would still say there are times where that is a fine yeah. and good parenting strategy. But I felt like it started to become a thing where I was teaching my kids, your irritation is not safe around dad. Mm-hmm. You cannot communicate with me. You cannot bring it to me. Like you need to go away until you're, you're self-regulated, until you're better. And so maybe that's just stuffing it down or maybe that's just ignoring it. But we would rarely say like, oh, just stay here in your irritation. Talk me through it. And I feel like I'm much better now at sure. sticking with the kid who is irritated. And especially I think it irritates me, you know, to have a kid irritated over something I consider small or unfair, but I'm much better at staying in that conversation with them and saying, come here, let's talk through it, man. What is bothering you? What, what feels yeah. unfair right now? What is sad? And I'm much better at not just discounting their feelings either of saying like, well, you shouldn't be sad about that. Or let me explain why what you believe is unfair to somebody else. But just going like, why do you think that is? Why is your heart like that? Why does your heart think this is a problem? Why does your heart hurt? And when they say, I don't know, helping them process, okay, well, yeah. let's figure out together. Why, yeah. why do you think that's happening? And I feel like it's made me a much better disciple maker in my home to say irritation is allowed around dad. Mm-hmm. That it's not take that somewhere else until you're fine again. Right. And I, you know, I'd love that reciprocated too, that it's not like if I'm irritated that everybody's bothered by me and so they want me to go away. I want them to say, like, of course we all get that way down. Like, talk me through it. I'd yeah. love it if one day my kids, when they're grown men, would say, We feel safe around dad, and dad, I want you to feel safe around me. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, let's talk about scripture. What what scriptures come to mind for you when you think about irritation? What stories, mm-hmm. what narratives? Proverbs nineteen eleven, I think, is for memory, so I don't know if that's right, but I think it says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. That speaks to my heart. Yeah, why? Just saying it's better. It's better to be slow to anger. And I don't know, it's just oddly phrased. It's, it is his glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just encourages me to, like, open up your hands. Like, whatever you have a, a, a clenched fist on, you can open it up and you can lay it before the Lord and just let him take it. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. And the Lord's saying like, that's, it's just, it's better for you. So just don't. <laughs> well, so I mean, you were yeah. even talking about that, about how free you felt set reading that book and just being like, I don't have to take every mm-hmm. thing someone does as an offense. I can overlook it and mm-hmm. move on. And yeah, that's actually freeing. It's not burdensome at all. It's more burdensome to yes. be so offended every yes. time someone wrongs you yeah. that you're stewing yeah, you're absolutely. not you're losing sleep over it or whatever. Yeah. I think of Psalm 37, 7 through 9, and I don't have it memorized, Chelsea. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to read it. I support you. Thanks. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And wow. the word fret there sounds like we would think of fret as worry, but it actually means, the, the Hebrew word there means burn with anger. 
And so it's like, that's for people who are going to be destroyed. We have hope. We have peace. And my counselor's like, we wake up every morning. God is an all-consuming fire. And we wake up every morning at peace with him. And it's just ours to guard. We just guard that all day. Mm, That's good. Um, But when we guard our agendas or, you know, our efficiency or whatever else, it's like we forsake the peace of Mm. God. And then we go to bed not at peace anymore because we've sinned in our anger. Anyway, that, that just I've that been, just counseled me. I've been chewing on well, thank you. Thanks for your yeah. counselor. <laughs> your counselor did good work there. I've been chewing on that all summer, and it was so that piece is ours to guard. It's ours to guard. Yeah, I have a bracelet I wear that I made it came up this summer, and it says guard peace, and it's like oh, I saw that the other day. I didn't know what it yeah, meant. yeah, just like that's but mine. it sounded wise. Is that something you're processing with your daughters? Oh yeah, wait, with me going to counseling? No, no, no. just being like that concept. Like, are you helping them see that same? Yes, thing? yes. I'm just like we're not we if we're given to anger and they've seen me given to anger and so what I hope that that is showing them is like mom can change Mm -hmm. God can change mom's heart yeah and like he can change mine too so we don't have to be we don't have to live like this yeah I think when you study Jesus life you will have a hard time finding any time he was irritated by something that wasn't just overt sin against the father and of course there are times where righteously he is indignant about people's sin but there are many other times where you would think that would irritate anybody, yeah. where he is so patient. One mm-hmm. of the ones that comes to mind for me, there's this time where Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem, and he sends messengers ahead into a Samaritan village to prepare for him. And the messengers come back, and they say, You're, they don't want you there. And John and James are like, what? They're like, we'll rain down fire, yes. right? They say, <laughs> Jesus, do you want us to destroy that village with fire? <laughs> Which is like such a like so overwhelming good. response of like how dare you? Yeah. yeah, this is Jesus, and he he's king of the world. If he wants to stay in your village, you should be rolling out the red carpet. And instead, you say you don't want him there. Well, how about some fire? You want that? How about a fire? Anyway, so they ask for that, and it says very simply, it just says, and Jesus turns and rebukes them and keeps going, basically. And I, I love that picture. I love that story because in it, I see in John and James myself, who's irritated <laughs> by something very small, but has a like a disproportional response. Overreactor. Right? Yes, yeah. an overreaction, overcorrection, whatever it is, where it's like, I've been irritated by the you know, it's like if the straw that broke the camel's back, you just blaze at that one straw and ignore the pile. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, this is just an overreaction. John and James, I think here, overreacting in some sense, but also react in a way that's not holy to someone else's unholiness. So yeah, everybody should welcome Jesus. But when they don't, do we rage against them? Do we, do we take the opportunity to be the righteous one in the situation, to be the one who also gets to be righteously angry and therefore take out my anger on other people. Now, Jesus turns and rebukes them and they went to a different village. And I go, man, that's what I need to go like, okay, yes, I understand why that would irritate anybody, but that's okay. I trust the Lord with the plan. That's not where I wanted to go. And you know, again, Chelsea knows this, so much of my irritation does involve travel and punctuality. And so for me, that one really resonates. It's like, but I wanted to go there. I wanted to go to that city. I maybe had a plan for dinner. And then you're like, no, it's not going to be an option. All right, well, fire on you, you know? I need to go, you know what? Okay, we're going to go somewhere different. We're going to be all right. We're going to roll with it. And when things happen that are unexpected, we just have to be ready to roll with it. Mm -hmm. And I I want my kids to see that in their dad. And then I want to, you know, model that for them in a way that produces that in them. Right. To say, we have at least one of our kids, you could argue that it's all three, that if a plan changes, it is devastatingly disappointing sometimes. And I need them to be 
more uh, resilient. We had, we went to a restaurant with a plan to get pancakes and the wait was so long that I said, let's just go home. And you would have thought, I told him that somebody ran over the dog or something. Aww. You know, he was just devastated. And he may not have been irritated, but in that moment, I just want us to be like, oh, that's okay. You yeah. know, we're, I, it's not what I expected. Roll with it. Yeah. We're going to roll with it. Yeah. yeah. And we want to teach that like flexibility yeah. is not just like, hey, have an easygoing, cool personality. Just ha- like have a better personality. Right. But rather like, that kind of flexibility that you're describing, that kind of resilience to handle unexpected things, that ultimately we want that to come from a heart that's at peace with God, at yeah. peace with God's authority, walking in that daily submission of like, I I have a, a plan, but the Lord carries out the steps, right? Yeah. Like the, the Lord's in control of my life and he's not withholding good things from me. So I have to see things through those lenses. I don't just guard peace by mm. telling myself some positive thinking mantra, but rather this is, this is relational. This is between me yeah. and the Lord of why am I late? Why did I miss the flight? Can I trust God with every yeah. every detail of my life? Yeah, I was talking with a, a pastor last week and he was describing to me how Jesus never, other than you could argue the donkey that took him down the hill and the the triumphal entry, you never see him like riding a horse somewhere, riding a donkey somewhere. He's never taking the quickest method to arrive with uh, Lazarus. You know, he's he takes his time before he leaves to even head that way. He just described Jesus as a very slow moving man. And it wasn't just about, you know, his method of travel. It was about his attitude towards life, that it was like, we're going to be okay. We're going to do this. I'm going to dismiss the crowd before we get in the boat. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to take our time. And I need to hear that because I think so much of my irritation is my plan is thwarted. I am entitled to something mm-hmm. different. And if I remember the attitude of Christ, which I am called to have in Philippians, I'm called to have the attitude of Christ. The attitude of Christ is one of patience. The attitude of Christ is one who is not easily bothered. The attitude of Christ is one who goes... I. I don't have to worry. I can be content in God's plan. There's nothing to be anxious about, nor does anxiety help me one iota to be worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. It does not help change tomorrow. I can make plans. I can be punctual. I'm not saying like punctuality is evil, but the kind of hurried life is not one that we saw in Jesus. Mm -mm. We don't see a hurried, irritated man. And thank God we don't see an irritated father, an irritated son, an irritated Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we, when we have um, more plans than we really have the capacity for, which Cassie, you talked about this, we don't like facing limitations. When we feel limited in some way, that irks us because we want to be great. We want, yeah, we, we want to feel satisfied and seek it somewhere besides the Lord. And so I think sometimes that's a big source can be for our family of like we said yes to a lot of things and now it's hard to accomplish all of it. And that's why we feel frustrated. Whereas like Mm. if we were resting the way, I mean, God made us very limited that we need to sleep every day. We need to eat every day. There are these things that we have to do and that bothers us sometimes because we want to be God. We want to be unlimited, and he's going. No, you're you're actually quite limited. Quite limited. You're, you're very tired. You're sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's beauty in the margin. Right. So, like, and, and we can plan the greatest things for our kids. We can mm-hmm. plan the conversations we have, whatever you know. But no doubt that it'll hopefully be later in life that our kids will think the milestones. Some of those milestones are going to be the unplanned ones. Right. In our kids' lives, it's not going to be the ones that you know. Sure, the 13 year old trip that you take, or yeah the conversation about manhood or womanhood, those are going to be epic. But also it's going to be like how you responded when 
you got a flat tire on your road trip and ran or whatever. They're gonna yeah. there's gonna be these other milestones that were unplanned that God's gonna be able to help them see his character through the way we respond and our own resilience and flexibility and whatnot. So but we have to have margin for that. You gotta Yeah. Yeah. Well let's uh let's turn the final corner to talking about so what. So if a parent were to come to you and say, Yeah, I'm really struggling, I am so irritated yeah. by my kids, or I'm so irritated by my spouse, I'm so irritated just in general by everything right now. What what scripture would you maybe counsel them with or what concept or what advice, wisdom would you have to offer them? I would say back to how we define irritation, pay attention to what is irritating you and see it as a symptom or a warning mm-hmm. sign and like start taking note. Like first be observant and self-aware and then see if you can find a pattern. And yeah. maybe this is too like, you know, talking about counseling and therapy and whatnot, but like find the pattern and then get like, get some help. Ask for your spouse to help, ask for your community help, go see a counselor. But it's time to start digging under those things because it will eventually create an atmosphere in your home where your kids don't feel safe or you, it's just not a flourishing place for them to thrive. Or you're using your kid as a place to vent when it's not even really about them. Oh yeah, don't do that. Yeah, where like your kids, <laughs> I get it, feel safe because you're in charge, but that's not fair to your children. No. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Your, your children have very rarely like created the family structure. They didn't sign up for all those sports. <laughs> like, they, like they didn't do all right. of that. And so putting like busyness or those kinds of frustrations on our children is super unfair. Yeah. I think we want to disciple people in the, in the ways of looking at the scripture and saying, are you practicing what God has commanded? And so there are so many of, uh, all of God's commands are for our good, right? He's not trying to take something good from us. He's trying to say, I promise you there's life here, Yeah. right? And so many of them, I think we talk about, but like overlook in the sense of like, but are you really practicing that? And sometimes in our church, people feel like that's a cheesy thing to do, to, to recommend the scriptures, right? Like a lot of New Testament books written by Paul speak a lot to our thoughts, Mm-hmm. Um, to how we're renewed in our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, to, are you thinking about things that are true? Are yeah. you thinking about things that are worthy of praise? This this is a discipline. This is a discipline of the mind to actually put those things into practice, to say, pray without, this is First Thess- Thessalonians chapter five. Everyone's familiar with this. If you've been in the church, rejoice always. Okay, if you're irritated, that's hard, but we got to flip that switch, right? That's the command, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's God's will for you, that you'd be rejoicing always. So if you're not, how can how can we turn and practice that? We can't passively just say, I hoped that it, I would be like full of irritation and anger and somehow God would just turn that into constant rejoicing. Yeah. Right. You know, there's a discipline. Yeah, there's some discipline. There's some, there's some willfulness on our part that can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, but um, we have some choices to make. And God's kind to us in that. He's He's not going to force something like that on us. He is not going to force us to rejoice mm. or to give thanks. But He is kind in telling us that this is good for you. It says, yeah. this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, that you would rejoice always and that you would give thanks, that you'd pray without ceasing. So when we are angry, do we <laughs> pray? When we look around our day, our circumstances, our world, our house, are we finding things to be grateful for? Are we thinking about things that are true and worthy of praise? The, the discipline of cultivating a mind that practices what God has told us is good for us is hard work. But like I said, there, there's life here. There's yeah. joy here. There's fruit of the Spirit here. Yeah. That's good. I think where, where irritation is rooted in sin, then we need to 
confess it, bring it to the light as well. Like you said a little bit, Cassie, too, where irritation is rooted in maybe if you're paying attention to your body, you're going like, I just am not sleeping well. Mm. I am not eating well, or I'm not taking care of myself, or maybe I've I've said yes to too many things. There are actual choices we could make to prevent that kind of irritation. Mm -hmm. And where irritation is just rooted in the uh, pride or the sense of entitlement and injustice that we experience, we should confess that, bring that to the light and bring that to your spouse or bring that to a friend or bring that to your home group and say, I have noticed in me that I have like a vengeful spirit or a, a short temper in situations like this or in this specific incident, and then forsake it. You know, that's what the Proverbs would say. He who confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain mercy. So confessing is to admit it, like articulate it. To forsake it is to quit it, say, I want to be done with that. And then we can expect the Lord will be merciful towards us. Mm-hmm. And so we look for those. You talked about patterns, Cassie. I think those are important things too, that what we eat and what the way we sleep and the way we work, these are all things that impact our temperament yeah. as well. So I want to pay attention to those things and not shift blame to say, well, these are the kids God gave me. This is the job God mm-hmm. gave me. To really own those things in the sense of saying, here's what I can own. Here's what's me. Lord, I need you to, to help me. And I love what you said too, Chelsea, about prayer there. Just praying continually. That is something to just keep running back to the Lord with it. And say, Lord, I'm bothered. It's safe to tell God where you're bothered or even if you're bothered with him. He can certainly handle it. Mm. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners, and we will talk to you again next week.